and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everyone to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Trick or Treat. That line would have worked better the first time, but we had technical problems. <laughs> uh, tonight we're going, for a bit of fun on Halloween night, talk about the history of WWE and mass wrestlers. It's been a bit of a hit and miss, but when they get it right, they seem to get it right. So, let's meet the panel. Joining me wearing his best Freddy Krueger looking jumper. is <laughs> GPWA trainee Andy. How you doing, mate? Hey, how's it going? This is not, it's, uh, it's not green and red, it's uh, blue and red. Oh, shut up, I've just ran for the bus stop on that. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault's that? Not mine. <laughs> Next up is a man after a recent sighting of Sam Barber and Il Gingero in the same place in the same time. All fingers now point to this ginger get. It's Stevie Wilson. I'm quite glad to get an intro that doesn't mention Becky Lynch, so I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> you may have ripped me, but I'll take it. Next up is a man who'd have more dating success if he started wearing a mask. It's David Hockney. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> oh, that's gonna be the worst yet, you toss pot. <laughs> oh. And. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Joining us as well is the host of Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Joining the big boys for the evening, it's Scott McLeod. Ah, shut up. <laughs> I feel like you're doing me a favour and then suddenly insulting me. So, we're gonna. Uh, Obviously, we've talked about WWE's hit and miss history in the intro there of mass wrestlers. Scott, you told a story about Chris Jericho talking about his feud with Rey Mysterio. Yeah, uh, Jericho mentioned this in his third book, I believe it is, where he, he had the feud with Rey Mysterio back in 2009 over the Intercontinental title and he wanted to make, make his mask a focal point and him not liking Rey because he had the mask. And Vince just didn't get it. Like, he's never probably understood the whole thing why Julie Rey wrestlers, why the mask is so important. But the only reason he let them the feud go ahead as Jericho wanted is because Jericho explained that his character was a bully, and the only reason he wants the mask is because he's a bully. And Vince apparently really likes heels that are bullies, which explains JBL. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bullies, it's the bullying EPs. <laughs> I, I need to find something to slag him for because it's my fault. If I go to introduce him, it's Quackyachi. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for that, Ross. Uh, I like how you're trying to segue and. Scott speech attention there. Anyway, back to your link. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you like tonight's show, you can catch up on our other shows on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. Just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Suplex Retweets, where you'll get us on Instagram and Facebook. And give us a wee like on Facebook. Just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. So, we mentioned the Rey Mysterio food there with Chris Jericho. So, we're going to talk about his WWE run only from 2002 until 2013 and then his recent re-debut. So, there was a bit of controversy, Rey Mysterio, very traditional Mexican wrestler, lost his mask in WCW before coming to WWE. And WWE never want to miss a market opportunity, put it straight back on him when he came in in 2002. Hey, sales of merchandise. <laughs> yeah, sales of masks especially, yeah. It's the only reason Sound Car is still employed for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> So, we'll talk about Rey Mysterio's debut. Uh, Stephen, what do you remember about his...? I remember him jumping off a cage. That was, that that was insane, that yeah. Him. That was, he's obviously had his debut match earlier on the night, yeah. but him jumping off that cage in the match, was it cut angle against something? I, really uh, I think it was... Edge Jericho, Jericho, I think. Yeah. I just remember him jumping off the cage, and I thought, that they've got something big planned for this guy. And then they stuck him in the Cruiserweight Championship feud with Matt Hardy, so... <laughs> 
this oh, I wasn't right initially. Well, he, was yeah, in the, he was in the tag team championship as well in 2002, and Edge was his partner. In the SmackDown 6, in the Sma you previously thought was on Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is, I'm not hosting tonight, so I can, I'm temporarily exempt from... Yeah, but you're nearly napping, so... <laughs> I'm not nearly napping, I'm fine now. That is quite warm in the studio, and I did keep the boys waiting. Well, before you got here, Dave was napping, they fell asleep. They did, <laughs> But yeah, they had some good feuds with Carangle, Chris Benoit, and Los Guerreros as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... As them as the SmackDown Six, I think that definitely put Ray on the map. Oh, was it? What I remember, I remember the vignettes uh, building them up, and I was thinking, wow, this guy sounds. And I, I, I totally forgot it was in WCW, and it was like, yeah, I, I think I missed the SmackDown when he jumped off the cage, but I do remember the he was chasing after a cruiserweight title, and there was a big thing about him trying to get it, and I can't remember when he won it, uh, but I remember it was a big deal, like if he won the, the world title. See, at this point, I. This was, I lived in a council flat, so we had on digital back in the glory days, and then that turned to Freeview and all the WWE taken away from me. Mm. So I get uh, sporadically given tapes from my grandfather who would tape, and one of them, lucky enough, so happened to be the night Rey Mysterio debuted. So I get the vignette one night uh, at the start of the show, the debut in the middle of the show, and then this crazy luchador diving off the cage on, <laughs> on Americans at the end of the show. So one of the shows I seen was very Rey Mysterio centric. Mm. Well, the story about uh, why they, when they put the mask back on it may be controversial for those who are big fans of Lucha Libre, but business-wise, it was a good decision because one, did you not see Rey Mysterio when he took the mask off? How young he looked! <laughs> he's way more marketable, and way they can book him a lot better with the mask on than they can off. Because he did bugger all in WCW when he had the mask off. But that's not this. Uh, true to be exact, he did beat Kevin Nash. He was just like giant killer at one point. He beat pretty much all the big guys, so I wouldn't necessarily say that himself. Yeah. I mean, you can't rule him out as being like a just you know just a wee guy that gets squashed all the time. He like he more often than not took on guys literally twice his size, and he would more often than not at least give them a good fight. Often Cali. Oh god, <laughs> you Cali. Cali and Mark Henry when he was squashed, when he was the world champion. Yeah, that, oh yeah, that was that's another thing. We talk about WWE loving the marketing slogan. They, uh, Logo. That's, I, That's I, say, I, know. I you say slogan and logo and you get slogan. Welcome slogo. To the trademark. <laughs> trademark. Eat, sleep, suplex, retreat. The slogan. <laughs> That's not true, so. <laughs> You've got a record to catch. Well. Oh, oh, for Christ's sake, I don't think I'll be that bad. But anyway, um, he was called the, the biggest little man, uh, the ultimate underdog. You know, he, he always seemed to beat the big guys. You, you never watched a Rey Mysterio match and thought, yeah, I think Chris Masters is going to win this year, but it, like you said, uh, he started getting his main event push, and when he became world champion, did Mark Henry and Great Kelly squash him? Yeah, and then he lost to Booker T. Oh, yeah. what, what a summer that was for Rey Mysterio. Uh, it wasn't exactly the summer of Mysterio, that was, was it? Horrid Obviously, they made the mistake at WrestleMania 22, this is my opinion, they made the mistake of having that match for the world title in the middle of the cards. Yeah. Was yeah. it like five minutes or something? It was very, it was very a, short. It was a very rushed match. And you think match, about yeah. it, him, Orton, Angle. Yeah, exactly. And it had about less than 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, so that's our sin. I remember the story going into it. It was quite like exciting to see them free in the ring, especially with the whole Randy Orton sort of saying to Rey Mysterio, was like, Eddie's not up there, he's down, he's down there. In hell! Yeah, they love to exploit everything, so including the dead. But yeah, but it looked like this big sort of match that was happening and it was going to be this big comeback, like this big sort of revenge story. And then 
I actually missed the WrestleMania, but I did get told it was like, yeah, it was like really shit. Like, and did you watch? No. Well, no, well, I, I didn't have Sky Box Office. I, I, was, I was young. I was too young yeah. to pay I for think, it. I, I, I had an auntie with a hookup at the Barris, so I got ah, I got yeah. to see WrestleMania in the Rumble like three months after. I always knew who won, but you know, I got to watch yeah. it eventually. No, I had to stick with the the free shows on uh, Sky Sports. Free. I think it having it in front of the Chicago crowd as well. I think because obviously you know Chicago's a very vocal audience about you know what they want in terms of storylines mm. and results. And a lot of them actually weren't happy because remember later on in the night they were all cheering for Triple H to win. So yeah, they were very yeah. sort of pro-heel even back then. No, it wasn't pro-heel, it was anti-Cena. Anti-Cena and I think, I don't, I'm not sure they really got hooked up the fact, you know, this was supposed to be uh, Ray's doing it for Eddie kind of storyline. I think they just wanted to see Ray do it because he's good. But I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, he is great. Yeah. I think, you know, I think maybe they just had to convince, convey it more that he could beat Randy Orton and Kurt Angle in one match. Well, I remember, like, uh, when it was happening, it was kind of like when he won, all the jokes came out. It was like, what, is Big Show going to go for the cruiserweight now? Because it's like, he's not, like, Ray Mysterio isn't like a world heavy, he's not a heavyweight, he's yeah. like a lightweight, so why is he winning a on world that, heavyweight child? On that title? point, there was a, he was world champion when the video game was in development mm -hmm. and the storyline of Smackdown v Raw that year, your creator wrestler character was world champion and Rey Mysterio was cruiserweight champion and you used to get emails and voicemails from Terry Long saying, I mean, Ray's great, but he's a cruiserweight, so I can't give him a shot at the world title, you're like, he was just your world champion for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there was some development, uh, like, well, they usually start developing games as soon as they release another one, don't they? Yeah. It just goes to show, in the games as well as in real life, they had as much faith in them. Yeah. Although he got a better booking run in the game. Well, he, he, he won the Royal Rumble as well, you know, it wasn't like, you know, he wins just a simple number one contenders match. He started number two, lasted 62 minutes, longest time ever spent in a Rumble. So it was, if that wasn't a convincing enough win for him, I mean, I don't see what else they could have done mm -hmm. to really get him over. Better than his WWE title one. Oh, oh gosh! Terrible. What was it like? A, less than a night one. Like, yeah. Less than an hour. Like an hour best. He did have another set. He did have another world heavyweight title reign. Yeah, yeah probably yeah. the WWE title. Yeah, that was a that was sort of a stopgap reign. That was sort of like the transitional Vod champion. Yeah, yeah. That was sort of like mm -hmm. when the Vaudevillains won the NXT titles. It was just to get it for Blake Murphy to the revival. I mean, like basically, Kane cashing on Ray is much more impressive than Jack Swagger because people care about Ray. Yeah. <laughs> we are we'll being a wee bit negative here. He has. Minus his, his world title runs have always been sort of duds. He's sort of like a, like someone we'll get to later on, Mankind. He was a great wrestler, but his world title runs were always short and sweet and a mm. bit of hit and miss. Whereas his other title runs, he had a great Intercontinental title feud uh, with Chris Jericho on SmackDown. Yeah, mask versus title, yeah, but just like Scott said before. We also had one of our listeners, Duncan Boyd, asked. When you're talking about mass wrestlers, do Jericho sneak attacks count? Because Jericho sneak attacks dressed as some people uh, and they're always great. And he attacked Rey Mysterio from the crowd in a Rey mask. Yeah, I remember that. Seth Rollins on Raw and he's obviously had these uh, recent ones in New Japan. Yeah. Did he, was he wearing a Sin Cara mask as well? No, it was yeah. Sin Cara wearing a, a Chris Jericho mask. That was yes. Jericho's yes, excuse. They, they covered that. Keep up with the product, Dave. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> even watch wrestling. Yeah, he also was dressed as Evil and Pentagon at All In. <laughs> But um, he had a great series of matches with uh, Chris Jericho. He had a great series of matches with, like we said, Kurt Angle. He's always had great feuds. It's mm. just the world title. They've never had the faith to go all in with them as world champion. Well, he's had the same problem most underdogs. Like they've always marked him as an underdog. Once you become world champion, there's really not an underdog anymore. That's why even they try to do it with Cena and make him still the underdog, even when he was champion for a year. Like that's. 
like they did a terrible job trying to make Ray still the underdog by having him get beat every single week when he was champion. But I think if you're a younger fan, especially over that time, like I was then seeing Ray, who was always around, he was always a fan favourite, getting that moment as horrible as it was capitalising on it. I kept seeing that moment of him finally getting the belt was good, even if the run after it wasn't. Yeah, it's sort of like the Ambrose situation we talked yeah. about. Mm. A couple like, of times. You can see him chasing the title, but when he has it, it kind of... Yeah, it's like, yeah, what now? It's I think that's just a curse with fan favourites going for champions, I think. So, he's recently returned. He is two for two. I, I've not watched this week's recent Smackdown. Did the wrestle? Yeah, tag match. Player. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he and Jeff Hardy beat Miz and Randy Orton. So, he's uh, three for three on his return. There's rumours of a Nakamura feud. Just quickly before we... I'll go around the panel. Are we optimistic about this return and who would you like to see him feud with other than Nakamura, Dave? I think, I'm feeling optimistic about it and I think he will beat Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship because they've been advertised for Starcade oh. and I, I would like to see him feud with uh, somebody else on SmackDown, maybe maybe do another Miz feud, maybe Miz they feud would do because they had a segment on Miz TV and they, I mean, they had some great matches back in 2012 and stuff. I think it would be good to see them. <laughs> Stephen? Uh, I think he'll win the World Cup at Crown Jewel this coming week. Ooh. Oh, that's bold. So you think any, just quick thoughts, Raw or SmackDown NXT, anyone? I think he'll have a decent run. Uh, hopefully he starts putting some of the younger guys over, you know, but I think he'll have a decent run. Can't see any world title for him, so. Uh-huh. Andy? I don't know because how old is he now in his knees? 40. Yeah, 40. and his knees are knackered and stuff, and there's only so much he could do from like high flying before he's injured again. And but if he still got it in him, you know, you got AJ Styles, you got Daniel Bryan, and that they'd be great matches in Samoa Joe. Scott. Well, we talked a lot about how his world title reigns were good, but he was always good when he was not in the world title. I think it's good because he'll go essentially wherever they need him to go, have great matches, and put young guys over, and he'll probably have a couple of mid card title reigns maybe. Anyone you'd like to see him feud with? Uh, I think Almas is the obvious one. Almas, right, cool. Mm. So, wanna we're kind of cheating here, but I mean, I think it counts. We're talking about Mick Foley when we're talking about mass wrestlers. We're talking about the Man King character. So, 1996, he jumped from uh, WCW and they put him as this unhinged outcast. He was ripping his own hair out. He'd cut bits of his hair off. Mm. Steve? Do you know the story why he has the mask? Why well, had the mask? Uh, he told us on that recent, the recent show he had in the network, the live one. Where mm-hmm. he, uh, essentially, Bruce Pritchard wanted to bring him in for many years, mm-hmm. and Vince kept saying, "No, I don't want to bring him in." And then, in 1996, Vince eventually caved in, and apparently, the world where I'm trying to do my best Vince voice here is like, oh. "All right, damn it, I'll bring him in, but I'm covering his face." <laughs> So, no reason for it, not reason that we're going to make this guy a psychopath, it's like, no, I don't want him to see his face. Please don't do the Vince voice again, that was just, I mean, you... It was me, Austin! <laughs> Andy's got me a lot And they treat I'll, the listeners... I'll, I'll bring it out in a letter. <laughs> so, he came in and some of his early feuds were with The Undertaker, with the infamous Boiler Room Brawl, we had the likes of Paul Bear turning in Undertaker. The Buried Alive match? The Buried Alive match as well, yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. I thought it was better in my head, but it wasn't. Anyways. I'm not even going to attempt to try that because, you know, we how good a bad am with accents. <laughs> and we obviously, we've got the Boiler Room Brawl match, Scott. Uh, you've seen the match. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought it was good. I think it would be more, like, more impressive for the time, but, but I think it was the closest thing to like, a hardcore match that people had seen because it wasn't, I think they're still moving away from family friendly and a more hardcore stuff, but. The thing is, we will see with Mick and we'll see with some other people we're going to talk about. WWE may not always book 
which are Libre Mass wrestlers, but rest, other types of wrestlers with masks, they seem to boot quite well. Like him with this whole like, mask, it kind of looks like something Hannibal Lecter would wear. And like, take, it was great to have him feed with Taker because Taker was always feeding with other monsters and the matches wouldn't always be that good. But at this time they're putting him with guys like him and Goldust too were out there and had no fear and that's why they were perfect opponents because they wouldn't be afraid of The Undertaker. I think that the concept of the Boiler Room Brawl match actually really suited Mankind because mm-hmm. Because Mankind, you know, he came across as an unhinged social outcast and a part of his character was as he actually was, uh, he just lives in boiler rooms. So I think having the boiler room match really sort of suited well to his gimmick and, you know, he's shooting with The Undertaker, two big names in a gimmick match. I think you can't really go wrong with it. But there's a funny story about when I first heard of Mankind back when I was a wee boy, is that I thought he actually got the mask after... Triple H pedigreed him on the thumbtacks. And we thought that was just a, I know, and it sounds silly when I think about it, but then when I realised he actually got the mask on back in the mid-90s, yeah, yeah. that's kind of um, when I realised oh, he's actually had the mask for, for quite a while. So I, I was expecting you to say after the Hell in the Cell, because that yeah. would be more obvious, but yeah. the 2000? I don't know, I, I kept thinking it was the, the pedigree and the thumbtacks that did it. But yeah, that hey, was his cactus jack boot. Yeah. I know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was a, I was a daft boy at the time. I didn't know yeah, wrestling in detail. Nothing's changed. So we talked about his early feuds with Undertaker. For someone that he didn't want to bring in, he ended up putting him in a title match with HBK. He got a title match to like his first couple of months of the company. Well, I read up, I read the reason why is apparently this was maybe... This was apparently maybe the main event this in your house maybe uh, Jose Lothario and Shawn Michaels against Vader and Jim Cornette but uh, after SummerSlam Vince kind of soured on him and also Michaels hated working with Vader so they thought okay well let's so find somebody else and Mankind was fairly new and he was coming off that feud with the Undertaker so he was quite the best other heel they kind of had at the time so they kind of like fuck it give him the title shot damn it so... that was a terrible Vince impression <laughs> we've got oh, well. terrible impressions yeah, all around tonight uh, <laughs> it's Halloween there so. goes the clean button well, I didn't swear. Well, well, he did! He did! He did! I meant to say, sorry, Ross didn't swear. Ross is the one who's not meant to swear. Oh, right. right. Who cares? You broke the button. You broke the button. Anyway. Go back to your wee podcasting. Yeah, go back to... <laughs> I'll take, go back take, to I'll take my Undertaker ticket back then. Go back and visit. <laughs> go back and visit. Wait, good, <laughs> just shut up, the lotties! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's like a class of children. So, so sorry, my I'm sorry you had to see that side of me. <laughs> so he started, he, st- he started a face turn because they started to give him more of a character because beforehand he was just this raving lunatic, and his interviews with JR showed his promos, his his demonic side, sort of painted him as like a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Vince doesn't really have sympathy. I don't think that was his intended <laughs> target. Because well, Vince never had sympathy. Brought him in. You yeah. Know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't like his face. It's not the first time he's done it, you know, Christian had the same thing, he wanted to put a thing over his face. Yeah. Oh, like the blue, <laughs> blue dot, yeah. So he just, if he does it, if thinks you're ugly, he's going to make you know about it, is Vince uh, well, McMahon. Well, I think it was more so, he did this because they were moving into an area where it was more based, focused on characters rather than the wrestling, so they wanted to make characters like Mankind a bit more three-dimensional, and it kind of worked though when you think about it. Well, what was the year that the face turns again, was it? 97, uh, 97 yeah. and then that led into sort of a lovable lunatic and then that led into his yeah. matches with the Undertaker. And as you, you, you had like the Undertaker obviously at the start and then you've got like The Rock uh, developing his character as well as Stone Cold so it's like yeah it was just the way the business went and people responded quite well to yeah. those characters so. So uh, on June 1st uh, 1998 after a couple of spells as character's giant and dude love he reverted back to the character and this led to his most successful time period. We talked about it on the Hardcore Title Show last week, which you can catch on iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify. That he was the first Hardcore Champion. He was sort of 
he was sort of drawn in by Vince McMahon as the gullible, gullible idiot, and then they turned on him, and this led to him feuding with The Rock for the WWE title, and eventually, the moment that turned the Monday Night Wars, uh, that'll put butts in seats. Mm. As, uh, amazing, amazing moment. Yeah, as he pinned The Rock with the help of DX and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So uh, that's see if you think of an attitude era match. That is an attitude yeah, era match. Absolutely. Yeah. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. He had he had so many kind of matches like that. He had some really random matches. I mean, I think Body, there was yeah. was it Survive? Was it Survivor Series nineteen ninety nine? He had a weird tag team match. I can't remember the team. No, team with Al Snow. Team with Al Snow. To take on the yeah. UH Outlaws. I mean, that was in the next. Uh, they didn't win the tag titles then. They won the tag titles. Yeah, I think it was trying to like, like sort of have Al Snow take well, him over as his character. One, like of, the, that sort of, one of the best moments remember that thing he had was uh, I I'm surprised it didn't come up on the SmackDown show was when uh, Big Show threw him in the grave from the stage. Yeah, and yeah. He played the live match on oh, SmackDown. That was an unbelievable moment. That one. Just yeah, that was the on, for the Big Show. Was oh. that Undertaker and Big Show versus or the oh. Day in the Fear? Or no, something it was like the day two versus the Rock. So. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about his he beat the Rock. Then lost it at the Royal Rumble under suspicious circumstances, then won it back on halftime heat, one of the most watched WWE matches of all time because it was halftime of the Super Bowl. Mm. And then he had a third one in 1999 with, uh, due to Stone Cold not wanting to take the pin from Triple H, uh, Mankind got a wee one night title run as well. So I suppose one night with the title was better than no nights with the title. It's such a weird thing that because you said he didn't want to take the pin from Triple H, but he got pinned in the match. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the ones like, of... I'll get pinned by him, I'll not get pinned by you. Yeah. Uh, and then led to the, the most infamous segment in Monday Night Raw history. One that was hated by Vince at the time, and then when the ratings came in, he loved the rock and sock. It was This Is Your Life. Oh, Have you ever actually went back and watched that? It's The Rock's good in it. The Rock's one-liners are good in it, but... It just goes on forever. It goes on forever. <laughs> it's one of those ones that's... It went over. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Vince hated it. Yeah, uh, it's one of God those damn it. It's one of those ones. It was great. Great that Vince didn't get it. So then when it came in that everyone loved it, they decided to replicate it again and again and again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bailey, this is your life, and Cena, this is your life. And there was Jackie Polo, this is your life, which oh was absolutely goddamn awful. Sorry, uh, Jackie, but that was not a dumb. Would you think it was worse than Alexa Bailey? Oh yeah, yeah. I am apparently one of the very few people that hated that segment. Right, so, <laughs> quick, and I mean quick panel here, because right, we ran okay. over the last one, right, uh, when Triple H started to become the sort of McMahon-Helmsley faction, he fired Mankind, and that led into the Cactus Jack feud, but this led to the end of Mankind as a full-time character, so just quickly, other than Undertaker and Mankind in the Hell in a Cell, favourite Mick, uh, Mick Foley's Mankind match, Scott? Uh, Halftime here is the rock. I really like the uh, Sin Valentine's Day Massacre, uh, Last Man Standing. So I think it was one of the first pay-per-views I watched. It was just mental. As crucial as it is to watch back at times, uh, him and Rock at the Rumble 99. Uh, the Buried Alive match, where Undertaker popped his hand out of the grave afterwards. That was... <laughs> that I, always, I always remember that. It's just that iconic moment and he won that match as well. Quacko, any favourite um, Rock matches? Not a match, but a moment. It's still The Rock's birthday. You know me, I like my comedy wrestling, yeah. and I'm not exactly going to laugh at somebody going through a hell in a cell cage, am I? Uh, and it, and it's the end, and it's kept off weekly when he says, it's in such time, he goes, The Rock's birthday is May 1st. Scott, you do realise you're eating into Kane time right now? No, I do. We're going into Kane, so before we go into I'll say, I mentioned it earlier, an attitude in a match at its finest. Rock v Mankind for the title. If it's Stone Cold, you've got DX, you've got The Nation, you've got Corporation. It's just mental. 
So, someone in the corner, namely Scott, is sitting here happy as Larry because we're going to talk about Kane here. Scott mentioned before that they've never done well with luchador mass wrestlers, but they are sort of psychotic, lunatic in a mask. He's ugly. I don't want to look at his face. Sort of wrestler. <laughs> They've always they've always been really good with them. So we're going to talk about. We've only got ten minutes to talk about Kane. So we're going to talk his '97 debut, his 2003 unmasking. Because mm-hmm. we talk about every time he unmasked, or the amount of time he was unmasked. We're kind of cheating here, so we can't. Mm-hmm. So yet again, another spooky wrestler debuts with Undertaker, and yet again, it's a hell in a cell moment. Because that's gotta be Kane. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you had to do. the resident Vince of the ESSR here. So we're. We're sort of some of the relatively younger members of the ESSR panel. Was anyone watching at the time live? Because this is one of the moments in wrestling history that I hate that I didn't watch live. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I got into wrestling like a year after. But, uh, yeah, no, I, was, I, was, I was the year after. I had to watch it back on the network. Uh, it's one of those ones that's like the build up to it as well. The, there, was, there wasn't even vignettes, you didn't know what it looked like. Mm-hmm. It was always just like he's been kept in a basement, he's he's been tortured. Just, if Paul Bell wasn't there, you'd have been confused, but I think it just it put one of one one together. Mm-hmm. Well, and you had Vincent. And that got Kane! <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you're watching at home, you had Vincent Mann screaming at you that it was Kane, so you're like, that must be Kane then. It'd be funny the next night in Raw, they said, it's actually not Kane, this is some guy called Tim. <laughs> 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 just Kane shows up like uh, Joseph Park in TNA. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm an accountant. I, I just, I just wanted to meet him. I've missed him. I'm running for mayor. <laughs> I'm running for mayor. Yes. <laughs> so he came right in, and the story Jim Cornette always tells is having to convince Vince Russo oh, okay. not to blow the feud within the first month because they kept they done so well here. They did the whole I won't fight my brother. I won't. I won't fight him. And I think that we've always talked about the WrestleMania match. WrestleMania 15 is our best match, mm. but it's not. 14. 14. But, Ready uh, but <laughs> add that to the botch. Add two, I get corrected by Dave. <laughs> 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 it's great that you got four. You got David Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got Leona Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> you got Leona Lewis, that's our new term for botching. <laughs> so, he came right in, and I like the, I like the sort of. Uh, Alright, you don't have to be in matches, you can just be a monster and kill people because this is sort of something I think they've lost track of when they're debuting people. They'll have them fight the jobbers and they have them fight like lower card guys. Like, no, just have yeah, it's kind certain of, people attack people. Yeah, it's kind of like less is more and mm-hmm. uh, Vince doesn't understand that. He goes, he goes by the Fraser principle. If less is more, think about how much more more will be. <laughs> more yeah, or less. have a Frasier is one of the best shows of all time. I'm not denying that. I've never actually really watched Frasier. Yeah, me either. Right, well, we're talking about Kane, no Frasier. That's his brother, The Undertaker. Well, he looks a bit like Frasier. (laughs) So he came in, he had the feud with The Undertaker, and then he went straight into the WWE title picture. And just under a year after debuting, might have only been for one night, but like we said, one night with the belt was better than no nights. Mm -hmm. He beat Steve Austin in possibly the most one sided first blood match ever. Yeah, the Undertaker came out. The, the most the thing about that you look back is like mankind still does his running after literally near enough dying. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, he just it's like I'm not gonna get here anytime soon. You know something I miss actually, so I was just thinking uh, people were complaining Jeff Hardy was working a house show match after the Hell in a Cell spot this year. And yet <laughs> yeah. man, mankind ran in that night after the six man Hell in a Cell in Armageddon. 
every single wrestler barbecue she showed up the next night with one of those like migraine patch sized plasters on their head <laughs> just yeah. to cover the. And yet Rikishi took probably the worst bump of the whole match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scariest one as well. But so a. He'd, the rivalry with Stone Cold unfortunately lost the title the next night and that was something a lot of Scott's side here I think that was a frustration with the Attitude Era that Kane never really got the due that he yeah on the one hand what made his world title in 2010 more special that he's finally got it but given that he's a big guy and Vince likes big guys you think he'd go in a bit longer and he'd be used more often like his man would use him to get the belt off uh, Stone Cold, which he did here, but then once soon as that happened, he moved Kane out of the way and since the Undertaker gave speed, which went on for far too long. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, with Kane though, Kane's that type of character, he doesn't really need a world title to like, sort of benefit him, because look at Andre the Giant, he never won a... Uh, well, he did, yeah. I think that was shown by his 2010 feud, which, yeah. no, 2010 run, which, mm-hmm. sorry Scott, it was yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was okay, it was just, uh, I thought... The feud with Undertaker at that point was... Yeah, yeah, he he was so dragging, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what would the big red machine need with a title? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and there was babyface Edge. Oh, babyface. But we're not obviously not talking about the Edge did wear a mask. You think Kane actually <laughs> defended the, his second title? They were all speciality. Well, most of them were speciality matches, bar one, where he faced Edge at Survivor Series that year. But yeah, he was he did Knowles, Bar, Hell in a Cell, TLC, and Buried Alive with his other defenses. So, I mean. I mean, if you think if you want speciality matches, you know that was it. You, you'll like it. So going forward after this, you know, he had sort of feuds. He was involved with the feuds with the Undertaker and Brothers of Destruction, and then he ended up teaming randomly with X Pac. Mm. <laughs> what was all that about? He teamed with Mankind. He teamed with X Pac to win the titles. It was. He, he was a girlfriend. Tory. The thing is, though, that feud made him like Kane an underdog. Yeah, because everyone was kind of he was sympathetic. Well, like, I can no wonder he's like yeah. his girlfriend was stolen from him at the by most wonderful friend. time of the year, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. It's like by his best friend. It's like with the Mick Foley, they're trying to make him more three dimensional rather than just big guy who wears a mask. And at this point, it became a staple of the Attitude Era. He was always like Andy said, he was always in good feuds. Like I liked his two thousand feud with Chris Jericho. Like, you think this is about coffee? <laughs> 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 I liked his 2000 feud with Jericho. He always, I always liked. The Rock was always a sort of larger than life figure. And see, whenever he fought Kane, Kane was so huge. He almost dwarfed The Rock. And I always liked that sort of. You just put the thought in my head when it's him holding in Kane. Oh, and oh, I was actually going to just about, about to mention that. I think seeing him as a comedy character with the mask on mm. and stuff. It was kind of contradictory, but at the same time, it kind of made it work because it was the last thing you'd expect out of yeah. yeah. He came back and he did the Kane Rooney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't matter to The Rock as yeah. well. What I love about that segment as well is The Rock confused mouse Canaanites <laughs> yeah. at the exact same time in commentary. Jerry Lawler goes, Canaanites. Canaanites! <laughs> so it's like The Rock's squeaky voice is going, Canaanites! <laughs> Lawler dubbed The Rock essentially, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about he came back. He did the Kate. He was always good for a return because that mm, yeah. that I know yeah. something that's quite cool. You're upset about the lack of power in WWE these days. Mm. Whenever he used to return in the Attitude Era, the like the pop he would get so just because the people in, the one in 2000 where Paul Bearer comes out first. Yeah, uh, after I, Paul Bearer. But well, you can tell he's weekend now because he's got a lovely red jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a waiter. <laughs> can I park your car? <laughs> So, can you imagine Paul Bear as a valet? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh you take, yeah. take good care of my car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what, what hotel wears the red blazers? Is it the, the Ritz or the... The Ritz, I think. Yeah, 
Uh, can you imagine how more kids will get this way? Wait a minute. I'm just going to Premier Inn. What the hell? Where do you stay? <laughs> I said the Hilton Inn. Is it? Well, I think we learned something about somebody's <laughs> budget. I think I think we know who will be getting first round next time we go I've for never, a night out. Thank you very much. I've never stayed at the Ritz, FYI, so it's always been Premier Ritz for me as well. That's what somebody who doesn't want to be stayed at the Ritz would say. <laughs> so, you talked about he came back in 2003, didn't he, Kane or Rooney? He was always good as a comedy character. He was always good for a comedy duo. Hurricane. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm back. He's, he's like, Hurricane's like, I, we've both got masks, we're both this. He's like, oh, I picked you because you're a freak. <laughs> it's a hell of a TLC match, though. Oh, it's a great TLC match. Probably because Hurricane's not in it. I have uh, the, uh, the first man, uh, do you know what would have been better than Kane winning himself? Hurricane sort of being in the match, but getting taken straight away. So, like, every so often, he just like sort of tries to valiantly climb the ladder, and you get someone that's completely fresh, just kind of go, like, poke him. <laughs> and watch him fall. Like just, <laughs> I think that would have been a lot more effective. And then, Heartbreak, the sort of, I think this is what many people saw as the death of the, the, the original Kane character. He was in the feud with Triple H, we'll not talk about Katie Vick, and he was forced to unmask on Raw. But he had half blacked up, half not blacked up, he had half a wig on. <laughs> Yeah. And then the next week he came out as this bald middle-aged man and it was sort of like... Turned out for all these years, it was mental scars. It was I mental scars. I like that. And that. That is a good story, I think, because yeah, like, it, it, it ties in... Sorry, Scott. It ties into the abuse storyline mm-hmm. for Paul Bell and The Undertaker. Yeah, the idea the trauma had made him think that he was worse than he was and he believes he's the first kind of like Cody Rhodes. He wasn't disfigured, but he thought he was. That's why he wore the mask. And, and also, kind of like the psychotic run he went on after like chokeslamming Eric Bischoff off the stage and... I like shooting Sammy Man's testicles. <laughs> Tombstone led a bit mad as well. Mm-hmm. Right, so we've got two minutes, guys. So quick, what before we go for a break? Favorite Kane moment or match, Scott? Oh, you're asking me this. Oh, for Christ's sake! Right, Andy, we'll go to you. All right, uh, 2001 Royal Rumble. Uh, there's a few moments I really quite funny. Just when he comes out and Drew Carey tries to give him money, mm-hmm. and then when the honky tonk com- man comes out <laughs> and he sings, and Kane just grabs the guitar and smacks him in the face. Gets GR just every goes, time. GR just goes, <laughs> I don't think Kane's a country fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen, I love the TLC match. That one in Raw, the Rubber mm-hmm. It's such a great match. That, uh, obviously, Kane won it. Good, but everybody else in the match helped make it what it was. Uh, segment with Hogan and The Rock. You know, I, I keep, I always look back at that. I always laugh. It's just brilliant. Fair enough, Quacko. You know it when uh, MVP Mr. Kennedy. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm not gonna say it all again because I'll break down again. If you want to hear Quacko break talking about his favourite SmackDown <laughs> moment, you can listen to our SmackDown 1000 show also on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and all good Android podcasting sites. So Scott, uh, I can't put one. It's tied between his debut and his world title in 2010. Yeah, but it wasn't masked then, so it's his debut. Sorry, oh, it's his debut. I, thought, I didn't realise it was masked came. I thought it just came. I thought it came. Spot I bought spots for Scott, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine, his debut. Right, and I'll go for the 2001 Rumble, mainly the Steve Blackman skin in the cat, only to get hit in the head with oh, a trash yeah. can. I think that's right. <laughs> and obviously we talked about the death of the character and the death of Scott's childhood, so here is a wee clip as we take a break of when Kane eventually unmasked his blacked up wigged face to the world. We'll catch you in five minutes. <laughs> Hi everybody, this is your medal jockey and you're listening to It's Lip Suplex Retweet. Have fun! Well, I think we're about to see it, JR! Kane agreed. I don't know if we're going to see it or not. I don't know if I want to see it or not, quite honestly. I do want to see it. You this may, may be one of the things that you need to look at through a pinhole in a box or something. You may want to put the kids to bed. I'll tell you, this is... He's going to do it! This 
this is it! boy should be out here swag surfing in scotland and when i'm doing my thing i like to think i do it in this order is eat sleep suplex retweet let me run that back for you it's eat sleep suplex retweet remember the order listen to the show now you know it's shook d for the 99 2000 ladies and gentlemen welcome to eat sleep Suplex Retweet. And welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. You just heard Kane being on Master and you heard Scott crying horror. <laughs> Please, Russ, it's too soon. So we've asked our listeners uh, to give us some of their uh, favourite moments. We have uh, Tyler Woodard who said Eddie v Ray and the ladder match for custody of Dominic, a stupid stipulation that they made into a great match. David J. McCutcheon said, I really enjoyed Ray Jr. and Psychosis series of matches. <laughs> <laughs> just two three minutes because I'm masked. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. go on, you go. Well, it's the best masked wrestler moment. Oh, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> they don't both have to be masked. <laughs> fair enough. Well, here's one, Mr. Pernickety. <laughs> David J. McCutcheon said, Ray Jr. and Psychosis series of matches in ECW before he came to WWE. The stuff in the parking lot was really ahead of its time. We have our very own Strack, the leader of the Strack movement, said, 
well, we asked for one strike, but you gave us eight. Uh, <laughs> La Parca, Juventud Guerrera, Aguilera, Pentagon Junior, Phoenix, Vader, Black Tiger 2, and Ultimo Dragon. Uh, Billy at the Scottish Wrestling Network said anything that enjoy- involved the Bulgarian Baker in W3L Wrestling. Uh, John McFarlane said Jushin Thunder Liger, the mass design, still one of the best, and his match with Ray at, uh, at Starcade 96 still holds out to this day. Crowbar said El Gingero is the most underrated mass wrestler ever. Sam Barber seems to agree with that fact. <laughs> I wonder why. Wonder why. <laughs> Austin Osiris and Eli Bulwark uh, have both picked beating up Soli- uh, Soldato. Soldato, yes. <laughs> Uh, that was a bit mean, that was a bit I, <laughs> I, like, I like how he referred to us to a video yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's bad? It's a good thing the Titans didn't contribute to that. They, they love beating up those luchadors. <laughs> Louis Westy said Lucha DS and World of Sports Robbie X. Brian Bamford said he got to see Flamito v Bandito at Fight Club Pro. What a lucha style match class, a match that I cannot recommend enough. They're a great tag team too. Uh, Stephen Bevington said can't forget v- Big Van Vader, his match with Antonio Oki for the for New Japan that caused a riot and caused New Japan to get banned from the sumo hall till 89. Also, a man who continued a match after his eye socket popped out. Adam Cassani said, El Vagabundo, hashtag never forget. Does anyone remember who El Vagabundo was? No, clue. It was Elias the week after they get fired, he came back. Oh, as, is that El, right? El Vagabundo is, is not Spanish for like El Drifter or something like that. Sounds like that. Uh, John Woodcock said, El Torito was pretty decent. Well, everyone's got entitled to an opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> I just liked his little twerk. He did that was funny. Last well, time we got not contributing again. Especially just show Ross is hosting. <laughs> Nick Wolf, he'll be in the good books with Strike. He said La Parker. Uh, Ga- Garold Madden said, sorry if I've mispronounced your name there, mate. Slamboree 98, uh, Psychops revealed to be Dean Malenko and beats Jericho for the Cruiserweight title that night. Steve Bryce says the night after King of the Ring 98 when Kane lost the WWE title to Stone Cold was an awesome match. Also Ray Ray's debut against Kurt Angle. That's Scott, not exactly fans with that guy there. He goes on the list. Uh, Al Pro Version said Colony v Fist, Mass v Hair match for Shikara. Liam Stewart said suicide in the cage, jumping off the top to beat his opponent to the floor. Nowadays the coolest, I can't swear on this show, coolest effort out there. Just say it as a quote. Pentagon is the coolest man out there. Uh, <laughs> Cameron Thomas said Dynamite Kig v Tiger Mask still holds up any match they have is incredible uh, something we'll talk to Andy about in a wee minute PD said Mr America and his lie detectors <laughs> <laughs> and Sondra Roof Whistledyke Reinstein says O'Fiden v Hallow Wicked at uh, Shikara and that's us that's our listener feedback thank you to everyone who contributed there so Andy, you told us before before we move on to the next topic, you told us before that um, you missed the reveal of Mr. America. I so, did. so to this day you still I don't, don't know. know who it is. You know, he wasn't Hulk Hogan, he passed that lie detector test. Oh. That reminds me, can I tell I tell that story I asked you about? Right, fair enough, two weeks, right. Thanks to everyone that joined in, and I got a bit excited with Andy's uh, story of Mr. America that I forgot to plug the social, so we can add that to Ross's botch count for the evening. You can follow Fine. us on Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet, Facebook Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, just Google us, you'll find us somewhere. Listen to us, have a laugh. <laughs> so, Stephen, you talked about uh, a man in your work has a rather interesting yes, Well, story. Um, quick, I'll, I'll go through this quickly so we can go through other stuff, but uh, me and a guy in my work were talking about Kane 
in a lot of detail. Scott, you'll be proud of me on that one. So then this... He didn't light up like a chair, like a, <laughs> so, a meerkat there. So, so this guy in my work that then goes up to another guy in the work and goes, ah, he's, I just had a talk with Stephen about Kane. God, that was long. So the guy in my work then turns around and goes, I was, I was once a masked wrestler in Peru. <laughs> right. What? Yeah, so he was travelling around South America for four months and when he was in Peru, he was, or was it Bolivia? One of the two, I can't remember. Uh, he was he was asked, he was asked to be an extra on a wrestling show. So he came out, chased off a clown, out the arena, came back up, went in the turnbuckle, get kicked out. Greatest debut ever. He was a man with no name. All oh, right, I was gonna say, what was his name? <laughs> I don't know, what, what's Spanish for unknown? But yeah, that's my read. Don't know, well, Sin, Sin, Sin Cara's faceless, you can have that name, it's not as if Sin Cara's using it on TV. Not, not, not anymore, <laughs> ordinary, he's got eye holes in his mask. I know, that contradicts it's faceless. Pedro de Puta. <laughs> Thank you, Quacky. That was my, that was my list, that was my bit. <laughs> it's about Sin Cara's old mask design as well, where he actually had, he didn't have the wings around the head, he just had the, but he, he could still see his eyes. Yeah. The only thing I always remember was Sin Cara's yeah, that t-shirt. Oh, Sorry. wait a minute, Did, were you on the wind up there, Quacky? Yeah, I told you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I could have told you that and I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy wasn't listening. I'm like Ron Burgundy, I don't speak Spanish. But <laughs> in English, please. Yeah, I, just, I fell for that one. So I'll give you that one, Quacker. So we've talked about WWE's mixed relationship with masked wrestlers, and a lot of times when wrestlers come to WWE, they get their masks taken off them, or they don't get it put back on them in the case of Rey Mysterio. But there have been wrestlers that have found success upon arriving in WWE when they were unmasked. And the first name we've got here is Sami Zayn, who was known as El Generico on oh, the What a great comic, comic character he was in The Mask. He was just so fun-loving. I mean, you talk about comic characters with The Mask, you've got the El Contistadors, uh, El, El Grand Luchador, who was Paul London, Shannon Moore, Shark Boy. I could be on here all day with him, but no, Sami Zayn probably touched the Shark Boy, I remember him. I remember. Shark, Shark Boy when he became Austin. Oh. <laughs> oh, I remember there was one moment where Sharkboy came out after a week after a particularly grueling hardcore match and he had like all these bandages on it and he had one on the fin on the top of his mask. <laughs> I, I know some people actually thought Austin was MTNS Sharkboy and I was like, no, shut up. Don't that, watch wrestling ever again. Is that why they want you on the playground? Like, my dad knows somebody no, who knows was, somebody. <laughs> I was at school, so they've been weird me hanging about... Uh, 16, 17, no, I left school at 16, hanging about kids going, hey, are you watching TNA? It's good. Pardon me for trying to add a little comic value to that. I was trying to add comedy, but it just did not go well at all. Sitting there with your Freddy Krueger there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in your dreams later, man. Whoa. You're always in my dreams, darling. <laughs> anyway, before this gets a bit too homoerotic and me and Andrew take it into each other's arms. Ross is pre-war shit. <laughs> Wow. I don't know, I'm tired of that. Roscoe After Dark. What was, what was uh, uh, now come back to me, I'm like shattered now. <laughs> <laughs> this room is way too long. Oh, is it heating up or is it just us? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, I, don't know I think it's... <laughs> it's Quacky's level of discomfort is he's right in at the wall. There is nowhere else for him to go. Right. Can, we move from the, talk about Sammy Zane? can we move on from the verbal so, fuckings of the show, please? Yeah. So Sammy Zane, uh, I, one comment I always remember, it was one of those many wrestling experts in the comment ah. section of Bleacher Report. <laughs> only only WWE would sign someone like El Generico and unmask him. He'll be back in the Indies in six months. He has been at WrestleMania fighting for the IC title. He has been in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And he teamed with his best friend of 15 years to fight the boss's son and the most popular wrestler of the past five years. 
I'm pretty sure that's a trade off, Andrew. You're training to be a wrestler. If someone offered you those three WrestleMania matches, would you take them? Oh, yeah, it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you just like call them Andrew now. Yeah. <laughs> I think you would take any WrestleMania match, to be honest. You know, just say you've been a part of it. Yeah, and Sami Zayn has been a part of two high profile matches. Really? So somebody said to you, David, we're giving you one WrestleMania match. It's a sumo match with Haki Bono. I'll oh, <laughs> do it. Let's watch this little tiny Scottish band. Sorry, Quack, we're by moving by away from Quack on a pole. We've got David a sumo match now. The, the promo video would be just David stealing the bacon off his burger. <laughs> just that <annoying. laughs> And I could go, I wouldn't be able to chase him very far to get it back. <laughs> so, Anyways. we talked about Sammy Zane. T- uh, is El Generico. Does anyone have any memories of El Generico? Any favourite moments from El Generico? I remember her brilliant finishes look, essentially a brain burst from the top rope. Oh yeah, that, that looked painful. But like on the other side of like Ray, it was good to put the mask back on Ray because he's more remarkable. Sammy got a chance to be more fully rounded character when he took the mask off rather than he only really said four words and he's whole oh. in the wrong chart, El Generico numero uno. But you've got a more for any character and people in NXT especially loved him for it. Andrew, any memories of El Generico? I, don't, I never watched him when he was El Generico. So. <laughs> My favourite moment and it's the greatest line in commentary history and I think, I, I encourage everyone to watch this, it is, it's Kevin Owens on uh, commentary along with the uh, Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur and uh, El Generico hits a moonsault and Excalibur just yells, El Generico's a big boy! <laughs> <laughs> and you just, you just hear <laughs> as Kevin Owens breaks and just five minutes later he's still laughing. El Generico gets hit and Kevin Owens just yells, take that you big boy you! <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, you've had a mixed relationship with Indies, we'll leave you out of the El Generico discussion for a second. I will say, um, I do enjoy the Ole chats. Oh, the Ole chats. Yeah, that's all I can say about that. And Stephen, any favourite memories of... It should be Kevin Owens, was probably, was Kevin State. Uh which was led to the, it was kind of related to the one in WWE, but mm. that was a great feud the two of them had in Ring of Honor. Fair enough, and moving on next, a character, we'll talk about his mask character for the simple fact, WWE had to wait so long for this contract to expire, but it's Prince Puma from Lucha Underground, although he was performing as the unmasked Ricochet in, on the independent scene, Prince Puma sort of brought him to the masses, and it also stopped WWE signing him for so many years, because... I guess he had that so many series yeah. and mm-hmm. it was just the tape, the time between, because they couldn't, even though they finished taping, they couldn't do it until it stopped, yeah. um, the series stopped on the telly, which was a shame because it mean, meant that we'd wait so long for Ricochet and NXT. Good old Ricochet, the Irish plumber. <laughs> <laughs> See, his situation was different from when, from other wrestlers taking their masks off in that he had performed without the mask on other indies, so he had, he had proved it wasn't just the mask, that was his whole character. Yeah, but we had Prince Puma and Lucha Underground, such a sensation. I think he's part of the reason this became such a such a smash hit. His match in the first episode against John Johnny Mundo mm-hmm. was absolutely sensational. It's one of one of those matches. It's like it's, a, it's Jim Cornette's worst nightmare. This match. He's a, he's a guy you can't really picture having a bad match. Yeah, he's also a man now. When you look at him, I mean, he's a handsome man. You can't picture him having a mask. Why? Why? I mean, it's just very marketable. You know, we're having Ricochet off now again. That was actually the first time I saw Prince Puma Ricochet like in in a match. 
I was blown away by it. Mm, yes. I'm thinking, this guy's got big things ahead of him. Well, you could have seen him live in the garage or hydro if you bothered your arse. <laughs> Yes, not the cockiest player yeah, at all. He the best jump wrestler, Lewis Government. Mm, I lost. That, and that was the best match of that night. Hands down. Best young wrestler who you can hear on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes being interviewed alongside Aspen Faith by Quacker here. Yeah, I love how you plug everyone. Like a pro. Right. Right. Yes, yeah, you can plug him. Ross McLeod Electrical Services, we plug in so you don't have to. I'm bad at timekeeping, but the plugging I make it up for, it's like, oh, we can't stay mad at Ross, he's plugged the show. Anyway. can't stay mad at Ross. Sure. <laughs> Alright, everyone I like in this room can't stay mad at me. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that was seamless you put. <laughs> uh, so we talked about Ricochet, obviously he's a, a good looking guy and we, we they put him under a mask. Speaking of someone else who was under a mask, Dos Caras Jr., also known as Alberto Del Rio, I think he's the most successful guy to come to WWE who was unmasked. Did he talk about Del Rio? I mean, uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to if you don't want to. I think he was over. Essencia, Excelencia, El Goro in Mexico. Was because there's was not quite a bit of controversy with Del Rio. Uh, I think he didn't. Well, obviously, there's controversy. There's not a lot of, he got a lot of backlash for taking his mask off. I think he didn't want to take his mask off, but they saw him as a marketable guy and told him, the sky's the limit if you take your mask off. If he came with his mask on, he'd actually show up for his dates. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. He's trying to get us sued. We have no money. Oh, I big deal, you're a big listener to this show, eh? Hey, you never know. <laughs> how do you know? He, we'll he did a... punch a teenage mutant ninja turtle. This is how he spends his Thursday afternoon. We'll get some listen. listener response from Bertie D.L. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scott's getting the tanking. <laughs> probably, no, probably no shot for that either. This is a Scottish peril. Alberto Del Rio, was he a massive face when he was Dos Caras Jr.? Uh, he was sort of like Mexican royalty because yeah. Dos Caras Sr., his father, has. Uncle Mil Mascaris, who's obviously one of the yeah, biggest... first mass wrestler to perform at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. Mascaris. One of the biggest stars in Mexico, so it was sort of like a dynasty thing. It's not like here where like dynasty wrestlers are sort of hated, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like over there, it's sort right, of... Right, because Mexico is uh, it. They, they carry the tradition on. He was actually an MMA fighter and he was so passionate about Lucha Libre that in his matches, he kept the mask on. Did lead to a lot of controversy. A lot of people said his matches were... There was always rumoured that every one of his MMA fights was rigged because mm. he was allowed to go in with a mask on. But it was it was like sort of like Peter Check's headgear. He was given special disposition. <laughs> just I think it was basically just because who his family. Peter Check reference. In my past like two right shows, we have had Gangrel, Smackdown One, <laughs> Drew, Drew Carey, Viscera, River City, and. X Factor. X Factor. Factor. The Rebel City one was Gary, and it was very random. <laughs> what was that one? <laughs> what? You have to listen to it. I know, I know, yeah. That's another episode you can listen to on. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ross. We've talked about both versions of X Factor, the good one. So, Tozer is Andy trying to trod on him and steal my gimmick, though. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you talked about you, you didn't think he was he was worth the push. You said he, you felt he was overpushed. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Dario fan. Uh, he's very generic to me, I think. I, I thought he was. Is generic? <laughs> <laughs> he should be called El Generico. No. I thought he was one of these ones. He's like a, a Seamus or a Ryback. See when they've got a story, or they've got something going forward. It's all. Or like Adolph, Adolph Ziggler's a prime example. When he's got a story, he's great. See when they just kind of drag him out and go, look, it's him. Yeah, I don't care. It was when he returned. It's like Cena's open challenge. It's like it's the real. No My care. God, and he's got. Colter! <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh about as well. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no, Del Rio, I think he was 
again, a case with quite a few uh, sort of under-deserving guys. I think he was pushed too much too quickly, largely because I think Rey Mysterio was sort of starting to wind down a bit. I think they wanted a big Latin American star to be their next big thing. That's why he made him win the 40-man Royal Rumble. That's why his first WrestleMania match was a world title match. And I think, you know, he just became a bit bland and a bit two-dimensional with all his my destiny gimmick yeah, and stuff. That, that really ruined the number well, what was he? Was like just a Mexican million dollar man? Yeah, he was yeah. just like a Mexican aristocrat with too much <laughs> money. The sense of excellencia, I go to Mexico, the essence of excellence and the pride of Mexico. Before we move on to our last Unmasked guy, I will point out, uh, Dave said, Rey Mysterio was winding down. It does beg a belief then, why didn't they keep the mask on him? Like, like, we've talked about people, he did find success when he unmasked, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, yeah. Rey's, Rey's running down, I think obviously they maybe Sin Cara at this time was getting brought in, I think they had faith in him. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, uh, Andrade Cien Almas, also known as El Sombra uh, in Mexico, also from a large Mexican wrestling family. He was actually unmasked before uh, debuting in WWE. Was that how they uh, kind of stopped his character in Mexico because when he was yeah. saying for WWE and they unmasked because he was going, I think. Yeah, that, so, for those that don't know, some of the history in Mexico, if someone leaves, they just put another guy under the mask, like they kind of did with Sin Cara. <laughs> well, they failed to do with fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon. Well, I was to say, is that not one of the biggest uh, biggest dishonours in... No, the biggest dishonour is if you lose your mask, it might be your mask back. Yeah, like, so I, think mean, get, I think you'd get fined in Mexico if you... If you take your mask off, yeah. And then, no, 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 if you lose a mask... Uh, a mask v mask, mask match, yeah, that's a big dishonour. Yeah. yeah, because but, it shows you're not like adhering to the stipulation. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of places that refuse to book certain stars. Obviously, when you get to like a Rey Mysterio level, you can do what you want, yeah. but refuse to book a lot of stars if they put their mask back on. It's like, oh, I want to be, you know, El, El Luchador. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, your real name's Just, just the name. I, did, I, did, I, I don't know about El like, Disparage or you know, get his sued like so, Scott's trying to do here. They're like, you know, I want to be El Luchador. Well, actually, your real name's, you know, Barry. Barry, aye. <laughs> Your real name's Barry. We'll book you as Barry. Barito. <laughs> El Barito. El Barito. Barito want a booking. Barito, take the mask off. <laughs> it's like Soldato's from El Brigaton. <laughs> it, was, it was smart for them to book on the mask versus Mathematic on the way out because there are big draws in Mexico, so the brochure makes a good bit of money on his way out and also he has this big mask to see him off. And Also, it's good he took the mask off. Have you seen how good looking that man is? <laughs> Who, Del Rio or Andrade? Andrade. Come on, you would. I would. There's a lot of homoeroticism going on in this room. We are a very open family here at ESSR. We welcome everyone. I'm close to you, Ross, I'm sorry. Unlike Quacko the Bigot, we allow all people in ESSR. Oh my god. Allegedly. Allegedly. Can you see me? But yeah, his vignettes for NXT had him wearing the mask. And watching old luchador footage and eventually when he debuted he still wears the mask for his entrances but he does take it off he still sort of that is still he still agrees yeah, he to the tradition there you yeah. go that's why they one spit it out and you'll read it guys <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's had great success uh, in WWE since he got there NXT champion slow but surely starting to get there on the main roster yeah it just takes a bit of time though but I think they can't over push him I think that's the the thing they need to watch out for but I think I, I can see like at least him getting an intercontinental championship maybe next year at some point he's winning the Royal Rumble 2018 nah I disagree Quacko's bold prediction ladies and gentlemen he's winning it mark your calendars 31st of October 2018 
Right, well, we have Quackers prediction for the Rumble in <laughs> And I'll tell you this, I won't be uh, tranquilo when he wins it. I'll be rubbing in your face, David. <laughs> well, maybe for that sweepstake you can make your own predictions. But anyway, moving oh. on. That's <laughs> 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 my experts. <laughs> These bikes work. Experts, you haven't won any. This they're is good, they're, well, they're Yeah, experts are shite. They are shite. I was actually thinking today, the past day, uh, two people to win the sweep have been... Roscoe members now finished bottom. I'm sort of like Jimmy Hart. In yeah, the- no, you should. You guys should maybe think about your allegiances. No, I'm sort of like Jimmy Hart in WWE 2K. I think, I think what you do for your predictions is you look at a Ring of Honor card and just go, yeah, um, Kenny Omega, he'll win it. I try to think about. It. I try to think about a product run by Vince McMahon logically, and I think that's always my downfall. <laughs> you have no logic, mate. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I'm like Jimmy Hart in WWE 2006. I'm awful when you pick me as a wrestler, but as a manager, I work wonders. <laughs> so, we're going to take a wee bit of time to talk about best wrestlers uh, currently outside of WWE in mass. So, we've got some examples, what some listeners sent in, some we looked up. So, uh, we've got Tiger Mask, Tiger Mask White, which is really just an excuse for me to talk about Kota Ibushi. We've got Jushin Thunder Liger, who's still going strong. We've got Ultimo Dragon, Juventud Guerrera, Abyss, recently inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. El Bandito, who is one of the fastest rising stars, and I think is, by the way, if you get a chance, check out El Bandito, he is amazing. <laughs> uh, Pentagon, we have Phoenix, we have Son of Havoc, aka Matt Cross, we have Matanza, we have El Ligero. Is it just called Ligero? No, well, it's called Ligero now. Well, yeah. Oh, one of the best moments from that discover- one Discovery show is me and Kwaku just chatting just Ligero. Uh, Ligero. <laughs> just Ligero. <laughs> well, we've got Lucha DS, we've got Solar, we've got Falcon, we've got Soldato, and look. From Lucha Scotland and on World of Sport, we have Robbie X. So Whose mask is a saltile? He's not Scottish. <laughs> How confusing is that? We'll take the representation. We we do not mind on yourself, Robbie boy. <laughs> we we, we cheer Roddy Piper for years. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Because you say about the mass wrestling, that's so even just, that's the ones kind of active. But you look at the ones we've not talked about history as well. There's so many there as well. You would have that El uh, what's his name El San Santo. Yeah. That massive wrestling. You know, you know who's the, the we've not talked about the greatest mass wrestler of all time? The Shockmaster. Oh, oh for God's sake. What? The most infamous. The Stormtrooper. Oh. The sparkly Stormtrooper <laughs> Hellbell. Who thought you. that who thought that would get over a gimmick anyway, you know, before they fell? Well to be fair, <laughs> you gotta feel sorry for the guy because he fell on his ass. He had the rehearsal <laughs> <laughs> He had the rehearsals that you've got to go through the wall, so between the rehearsal and they actually go live, it's like, let's put a a block of wood. At your feet, you know, like the great idea was that. The, the best part of it is just Sting just bigging up because he's like so into it. And like, he will, <laughs> he will shock you, and then you just hear Sid Vicious go, "What?" No, you've missed your cue, Sid. It's like in five minutes. Can you let him finish. The... <laughs> Sid Vicious started the watch and soon. What? 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 <laughs> so we'll get a. Uh, we'll start with Scott. Some of your. Some of your favourite outside WWE mass wrestlers. Well, you can't talk mass wrestlers outside without talking about Jushin Thunder Liger. Like, he is literally like a combat character coming life with that. Look at him, and it's a shame he's only had one WWE match, but it was a good one against Tyler Breeze. And uh, I think I've started watching a lot more Lucha Underground the past few years. So Pentagon and Phoenix and other appearing on Impact Wrestling, I've been become fast favourites. I mean, because we're just so good, and even though you can't understand. I don't speak Spanish, I don't understand what anyone's saying half the time. But just the Cerro Mero, like, you know what I mean? Everybody knows that means everybody gets behind it. And also Matanza, aka Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Sorry to spoil the illusion, but it's still, even even after I know... No Jeff Cobb wears a mask? Yeah, Jeff Cobb's Matanza and it's underground. I've watched it's underground, so... Yeah. so, so, so even, even, it's the only one I don't follow. But even knowing, but even knowing that, 
I look at I sort of look at both of them like, no, you can't be the same person. Yeah, you've seen two Lucha Underground uh, wrestlers this year, Matt Cross, his uh, son of Havoc. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've not seen Lucha Underground, I've not watched Lucha Underground, yeah. I'm familiar with the guys on it, yeah. Yeah, so, Andy, any of you are like, Mexican favourites? <laughs> Mexican, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know much outside of WWE. A bit like David here. Uh, <laughs> I watch it. Just, uh, just more charm. Just more charm. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, we're more. Than <laughs> At least someone watches Impact. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, and, uh, before if, we move on, in fairness to Dave, there's a lot of good match wrestlers that Scott just mentioned there as well, and Impact at the minute. So right, I enough. look forward to when we get to Dave. Uh, no, uh, if you're talking about mass wrestlers, you've got about you know Super Dragon. I've never seen his matches. Super but... Dragon. <laughs> exactly. Super Dragon. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys just popped yourself. Oh, yeah. no, that is... For fuck's sake. Well, actually, wasn't Cesaro on a mask before he was in WWE? I can't remember his name. Like... Cesaro? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was on... That was he? I, I don't remember. It was like, like, I... maybe, maybe he was the guy that works with Steven. Uh, <laughs> Cesaro. <laughs> El Cesaro. El... No, it was like Cesaro. something... He's like a really stupid name. It was like ice cream something, something. I don't know. That's what I was going to bring up before. Yeah, I'm like, this is like jet. The only thing I can think of is Shikara, because they... Yeah, yeah. They, they have a lot of... They have, like, they have the colony and fire ants and all that. They have... Space monkey. Space monkey as well. There we go. We got a space monkey reference on the podcast. <laughs> we forgot about the greatest masters of all time. He only had one match. Uh, one Cena. Oh, <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> I should remember one Cena. He's got about uh, DDP, you know. There's the oh. stalker. Oh. I never wrestled Just on that time, match. Actually, do you know who we haven't mentioned? Owen Hart is the Blue Blazer. Oh, yeah. Let's well, swiftly well, not mention him. Probably not. Well, let's not mention him. Aye. Steven. Well, it was... Oh, no, that was that one. Sorry. I was going to say it was Blue Blazer a lot before that. It was one thing from that loser, the funny thing is when, when Owen Hart was trying to prove he's not the Blue Blazer and they had other people under the map, and the funniest one of all is when Coco Beware went under the mask for one week on Raw, <laughs> and it was so blatantly that you could tell who it was under the uh, you want guys who are currently active, or are you just talk about all time? All time, what's your opinion? Oh, Scottish, I've got a few. Uh, you got the the guys in the WCW Cruiserweight division. You had the likes of Strackle, Lovis, Parker, uh, Big Fat Scaler, Tora Parker. We have had three La Parker references on this show this week. <laughs> uh, but there was the obvious guys like um, Psychosis and Moving to Guerrero. Uh, people obviously WWE fans won't really know them for their time in the masks. No, yeah, the uh, Mexicos. Yeah, but, uh, they were good because they lost a mask and then they obviously had to uh, Kenneth Gomez, but they were really good for that as well. Um, Getting into the uh, Mexican, uh, Mexican stereotype. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Can I share with the rest of the class? I've decided to look up Cesaro. Yeah, I've just found it. I was going to say. And this, anyone's known as Claudio Castagnoli, right? That's but, his actual name. Honestly, see if you look at the image, they look like leaders of a certain cult. Yeah. He was also known as, under the mask, as very mysterious ice cream. 
so just, very on the nose. I knew it was something about. So Stevie was just talking, and it was. And you two are pushing yourself off and like, feel like a teacher, would you like to share with the rest of the class? You notes at the back of the class, slagging Stevie. Uh, sorry. Have <laughs> you seen his WhatsApp <laughs> boss? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Anyway. What? Anyway, anyway say that I'm passing it I, I apologise. Yes! Sorry. So, you, again, you ignorant cunt. <laughs> 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 sorry, I will put money in the jar. Yeah, that I will cash in on David one day. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for you. To, actually, you can't cash in on me if I'm not winning the championship. So, I'm here all day because you're never winning. Exactly. I have many predictions have I lost now. You better put a mask on and pretend to be something else. I'll be. Well, David, though. <laughs> <laughs> He'll haunt me. <laughs> no, uh, but um, the results, guys. Uh, we also have a piss. A piss. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 But well, we're talking about being British, world of sport. Can't not talk about Master Wrestles and not mention Kendall Nagasaki. You <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it, his unmasking was one of the most watched World of Sports episodes of all time. He was the- in a Civic Hall in Wolverhampton. I love how they, they build him for Japan and he was for Stoke on Trent. <laughs> like, you could not get further. But he, he was ill he, he just took it so seriously. He was so silent, he was so in character the whole time. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, the other one as well, uh, the final one I'll kind of mention, uh, Ultimo Dragon. Oh, as a WWE fan, as guys who mainly watch all the WWE, we never got the best of Ultimate Dragon. The thing that he was remembered for was falling in his entrance at WrestleMania 20. Yeah, I remember that. See, when you listen to him talk about that, he does not care about that for the simple fact that it was, was a goal. It was a goal to wrestle WrestleMania and be at Madison Square Garden. But, uh, I, I do remember when Ultimate Dragon came in with the thing, yes, as well, and it was like people would see him before and was like, yeah, he's amazing. He's like, yeah, he's he's a two-time two IWGP <laughs> Junior Heavyweight Champion, he won the Cruiserweight Championship two times in WCW. He was great. Uh, but we just never got to see the best, which was a shame. But yeah. I could be here all day with some of the guys that would say they've. Uh, the original belt collector. Mm-hmm. I know. I see, I could be here all day with some of the guys that would say WWE mean uh, David Offutt transfer view when you're talking about Curryman. <laughs> <laughs> Curryman. 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 Oh, I thought it was quite uh, quite entertaining to watch. Suicide. Suicide was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think it depends who it was suicide. Oh, he, he was lucky. He had the guys like Frankie Gazarian and Christopher. He had that. TJ Perkins. He had the storyline. They were trying to say like they're trying to get suicide masks off and try to figure out who he actually was. But I think he's just most well remembered for his his spots. You know, he does yeah. the jump off the cage and. You know, I've seen him in the X Division matches as well, he always tears it up. His final one masking was so flat as well, just Hogan coming out going, it's actually this guy! But yeah, that as well, uh, yeah, just, sorry, TJP. Sorry, TJP obviously does look young for his age, so it was sort of like, Hogan's just grabbed a teenager out of the crowd and went, hey brother, you fancy making $20? <laughs> Which sounds a lot more sinister before you go into detail. <laughs> yeah, but the only other person I could really mention is Abyss. Uh, because, well, when I saw him on, on the Impact, I was thinking, if Kane and Mankind had a baby and it grew up <laughs> in a basement, it would look like a bit. If Kane and Mankind had a baby and it was adopted by James Mitchell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what a best was. He, so was, he, would, he was basically the, the hardcore yeah. bump guy. One of probably two masked wrestlers to win the NWA World Championship. Mm-hmm. There's the other one. Yeah. I, I, I could not find who the other one was. I thought you were thinking TNA there and I was like... like Gotta be all smart and go, well actually Pentagon won it this year and then realise no it's a different bit. Uh, but just seen Abyss, just seen Abyss, you know, I think in any match, like any hardcore match or 
um, he was the dominant monster heel mm -hmm. of of TNA, and I think you know his Hall of Fame induction recently was I think very well deserved. The great match with Sabu, I think was it the barbed wire ropes was that in Sabu? Oh yeah. Barbed wire ring match. Right, barbed wire massacre or something like that. Barbed wire Monsters balls. He's hit some monsters ball. I, I mean, you think very early TNA and Abyss is one of the guys that stands out to you. It's, it's a testament to he's how massive, that's why. <laughs> but yeah, Monsters ball, the match built for him, it took him four matches to actually win one. Right, it's like Taker we buried alive in the last yeah. five matches and all that. <laughs> Never has, I think the only other name that comes to mind when I think of mass wrestlers is from World of Sport is Crater. And I'm thinking, the first time I saw him on episode one, I'm thinking, oh my god, it's Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Bane's probably. Yeah. But it, it was, he's very well known across the UK circuit before World of Sport as Cyanide. I, I honestly see when I first seen him, I thought it was Dave Master. And then I realised Dave Master was wrestling later than night. So like, oh, Cyanide is a much better name than Crater, I think. You know, I mean, Crater, I mean. <laughs> I mean, is that like a? I think it's more. Is that a, a joke about his size? No, I think it's more. A, David, you're what pasting off every wrestling <laughs> we've mentioned today. Seriously, I think Creator is more a case of it's more family friendly. It's much like uh, might have had a very spotty like, face, like nineties gladiators or something. That's how family friendly world of sport yeah, is. Yeah, it's sort of like the Brian Kendricks move was changed from the bully joke to like. I can't Captain Hook. Oh, but it was so much better as the Bully Choke. Just get Daniel Bryan in there. The oh, Bully Choke! He's got a Bully Choke! Well, technically, Captain Shatter was originally called the, the Bombay A knee, which means like the killing knee Kill or something. Him. No, Kill so him it's like it's family friendly, they don't want to talk about Sayonara. I've actually remembered another mass wrestler, you know. We're talking, we've talked about good ones, there's been some very mixed ones character wise. Uh, the Sultan. Yep. Which yes. was Rikishi. Yes. <laughs> Soundly beaten by the up, that upstart Rocky Maivi at WrestleMania 13. I tell you what, you forgot about a very good unmasking. Uh, Eric Bischoff during Billy and Chuck's wedding. <laughs> we do Technically not that's a mask. We do not mention bad things that happened to Billy Gunn. <laughs> Scott, well, sorry. Well, you, well, we but, can't mention any of Billy Gunn's career there. Yeah. Well, Scott was trying to get in and talk for a long time and well, he insulted Billy Gunn, so we're going to move to Quacko. <laughs> Quacko, any of your favourites? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott's face is fantastic. This Scott, I'm sorry. Um, so my <laughs> favourites, um, quite big. I like the Scottish scene and stuff. So I've got a big shout out to Lucha DS. Um, Lucha Scotland are right now are killing it all over Scotland. They're doing their thing. Um, my particular favourite, sorry, don't hate me, guys, is Lucha DS. Um, just the way, like all of them are just great and they're outright. But there's just something about Lucha DS that captivates me more. I think they're the fact that shares are pictures. No, 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 no. I mean, I appreciate that, obviously. But another thing that I just love is with Soldato, and I know it's quite trivial to say, but see, when he's introduced from El Brigaton, I just piss myself laughing every time because it's just brilliant and it's funny. Yeah, um, Lucha Diaz recently won the King of the Cruisers in PBW. Yes, he did. Um, and <clears> another one that I would mention is Son of Havoc. Now, although I've not seen him as Son of Havoc live, I always love Matt Cross when it comes to ICW. Mm -hmm. Just uh, the moves he pulls off and stuff like that. And I, 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 I do miss about ICW. I wish he would come back soon. Yeah. You talk about ICW. Did uh, Grado not wear a mask one time in TNA? Uh, oh, oh dark, dark. yeah. Because oh, he, he, <laughs> he got fired. We talk about somebody else. We talk about Elgero and people from the UK. We talk briefly about Kid Lycos <laughs> in progress. Like he sadly has got a reputation for being injured, getting injured quite often. But, uh, CCK has such a great time. One of the few matches I've seen him, which was really good, was him and Chris Brooks at CCK against Mustache Mountain in a ladder match. Is that the one? Uh, uh, chapter 55. Yeah, chapter no. 55. Yeah. And I love how 
he barely gets to speak because like most masters don't speak a lot. But every time he goes to speak, uh, Chris Brooks always goes, "Shut up, like us." <laughs> <laughs> They're an interesting pair because yeah. obviously Chris Brooks, Brooks is, is so tall, oh, no. and Lycos is obviously totty. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just such a mixed match, you know. But it, they are really good, and that match you talked about was I think they stood out a bit more than Mustache Mountain. That yeah, match, like actually. they joked on commentary, Chris Brooks is so tall he probably only has to go up one or two rungs of the ladder. Chris Brooks actually, you talk about him. He recently wrestled. Juicing uh, Thunder Liger at the recent Red Pro. Right. It was the first one that was on the TV on Free Sports, you know, so there's a bit of mask trivia linking. Yeah. See, it all goes, it all links together. It all links and together. the Cosmic Ballet goes on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where I heard that reference. Uh, the Simpsons. Simpsons. The Leonard Nemo. Sounds like Stardust. Sounds like a Stardust quote. Stardust. Stardust. Jesus Christ. I'm trying to be a teacher and I'm losing control of this classroom for Christ's sake. So... That's he's waiting on my desk. I'll quickly talk about some of mine. I like Tiger Mask W. Just a simple fact that it's quote Abushi and then he does. It's great. I didn't like the sort of... We talk about people that get overly offended these days. Tiger Mask W was a, an anime character. It was Tiger Mask White. Tiger Mask Black was a character. They had black suits and white suits. Just like the Power Rangers, they had a white and a black ranger. <laughs> and because, because a white man was playing Tiger Mask White and Shane Strickland played Tiger Mask Black. That's like ACH. Oh, ACH, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Don't confuse them. Okay. I know, I, I'm, I'm, more outrage. I know. But it was one of those ones, they had great matches together and it was just sort of Fox outrage. You're like, they're playing characters from a TV show, you know what I mean? It's like they're playing dress up, it's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like they called Sin Cara uh, uh, El Negro when he played. Oh, yeah, the black I, uh, against Sin Cara Azul. Right. Yeah, Who is now Sin Cara? So yeah. it's like, you know, let's let's not get any Fox out, let's just enjoy the wrestling. But obviously, a lot of people were upset with Kota because he was. He could have been the big star in New Japan, he could have been the head of the 205 Live division, and he just does this for himself. <laughs> he likes anime, so he dressed up as Tiger Mask White, he likes being an utter, so he shoots fireworks himself. Speaking of 205 Live and mask characters, but the Lucha House Party debuted on oh, Jesus Christ. How have we not talked about Kalisto? He's given us so many good Lucha things. Yeah, like, why is Kalisto not taking this more seriously? Excuse like, me, but anybody could rap who can pull off a good chairs match with Baron Corbin uh-huh. deserves some credit. And who did that amazing Salida Del Sol off the top of the ladder to one of the Usos? Kalisto, when he's good, he's good. See, when he's bad, he is. Uh, my, my, sorry, my favorite uh, Cruiser moment. It's not, not just a good look of things, but it's, it's feed with Enzo. Now, he's wearing the Cruiserweight title around his waist and says, This Sunday, Enzo, at TLC, I will become the new Cruiserweight champion. <laughs> you're you're uh, wearing uh, the belt. You it's, not as, it's not as bad he, as he spent, he spent too much time with Sin Cara, I think. But see them as the Lucha, under, uh, the Lucha Dragons. <laughs> I almost said Lucha Underground there, but, but yeah, Lucha Dragons were were popular in NXT. I mean, why did they not stick together in the main roster? Because they were meant to get the big push and New Day were meant to win the belts as heels and then New Day started organically getting over and then they just sort of, as they should do, but they should do more often, they went with the people the crowd liked and unfortunately because of, it was just one tag title at the time, Lucha, Lucha Dragons. Dragons. House Party, Lucha Underground, Lucha DS, there's too many good Lucha things. Zinkara's just been left high and dry here. Yeah, they. Kalisto, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metal League are just, you know, they're a Lucha House Party. Why can't you just get Zinkara in there as well? I think he's over 205. Yeah. Oh, he's gotten bigger. It was over 205 before when they put him in the division. He couldn't really be on the Lucha House Party on 205 Live. He's put on a bit of a timber, the Unico Zinkara, hasn't he? Yeah. 
So we we talked about. I I said I liked uh, El Bandito. I'd check him out. Is Matt the easiest match to find probably if you're a casual viewer is the six man tag from mm-hmm. All In, also involving Rey Mysterio and Kota Ibushi uh, and Pentagon. Uh, Scott says you don't speak Spanish, but when he puts up that symbol, yeah. you know stuff's gonna go down. And as well, Phoenix, his brother. Yeah, I, I think he's actually. He's smaller, so he's not given the heavyweight title matches as much, but I think he's so much quicker, so much better, and there's rumours of them going to WWE soon, and I would I would love for them to go to Raw and SmackDown, but I've got a feeling they're going to 205 Live. 205 Live is hot as end. No, 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 it's the, the, issue, the issue 205's got is because it's a network only. Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's, it's so... It had such a bad start, but it's built, and built up. You know, so it's not the worst thing, but you no, still no, It's not the worst thing, it's just the fact that like we watch Raw and SmackDown weekly because it's sort of the stuff we have to cover, so there's only so much college and work and personal yeah, life. You can, it's like five hours of TV. Aye, there's, like, yeah. there's only so much wrestling. The good thing about it though is with the Lucha House Party debut on Raw, you can kind of see that type of movement from 205 Live to the main roster, which is good. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I didn't like about that debut was that the Revival had to suffer yet another loss. Mm. I mean, save the Revival. I don't like about Lucha House. I just look at the look at Lindsay Dorado and his mask with the hair and I just feel like Mr. Burns, trim those sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> There's another Simpsons reference. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up. We've had a wee bit of fun here just talking about the WWE side of mass wrestlers. Obviously, we're not claiming to be experts in any field way of imagination, so we've just talked about moments we fun, fun. So, Quacker, just before we round up, any any more moments now? Um, oh, I'm on the spot now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as much, no. Just, um, I've said my favourites so far out of WWE, uh, but I would say my all time favourite in WWE, Rey Mysterio. There you go. Scott, your all-time favourites over the game. Just a quick thoughts. Any anybody else that is up that high? Well, I'd say probably Ray because I was young when I when I first seen him, and I'll say he appeals to you as with the mask. That's probably why he continues to try and push mass wrestles. And guys, just a quick thirty seconds. Thoughts on favourite mass wrestlers outside WWE? I got to agree with the guys. Ray Mysterio, easily one of my favourites of all time. It's gotta be Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be Kane as well. Yeah, right. So that's going to do it this week for our Halloween special where we talk best mass wrestlers. So thank all that remains is to say thanks to the panel. Okay. Hey. Uh, someone says thank you, you say welcome guys. <laughs> I, said, I said it. <laughs> thank you, Quacku, for producing this botch fest as <laughs> I was late. No problem. <laughs> and join us next week where I will try to be on time as I am a panelist next week. However, next week Sarah's in the Come on, if you're late next week, you're oh. going to get a <laughs> No, I have not sworn this podcast, so I have won the bet, therefore I will be getting a free supplement. There's not time. Stop it, stop it. (laughs) Assault. (laughs) Don't put the bear. (laughs) Billing, Stephen, you like bullying happening in the workplace. Be a star. You do realise, you do realise, she'll be more annoyed at you. I don't allow happiness in the workplace either. That's okay. I don't care, I just want you to lose. Anyway. I will lose that quiz. I am I am not winning that quiz at all, guys. Well, but join us, next, <laughs> join us next week on the Fear and Loathing quiz, hosted by Sarah. We'll have like so Stephen back. Uh, Stacey will be on the show. Dave and Andy have no knowledge of indie wrestling. They will not be here next week. I will not do. Uh, Scott wasn't invited. To I, will not do, I will not be doing an Alan Jones. I think, it's actually, I think it's actually been titled Fear and Loathing Quiz: Return of the Hong. Yes. <laughs> yes, Josh oh, Hong. Well, Josh coming back. Let's yes. come back. Yay! That's gotta be Hong. <laughs> That's gotta be Hong. Okay. That sounds so wrong. Professor's gonna be working overtime now. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us next week. If you're in the ICW, hopefully you join us next week for the Fear and Loathing Quiz. 
Check us out on iTunes, Spotify and Anchor and follow us on Twitter at SuplexRetweet. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!